Hello, everybody. I'm Rob Fredette with HodgePod with Rob Fredette, and we are now at episode number eight, and we're talking Van Halen VH. We did that in episode seven last week, and we're going up two more albums, albums three and four, Women and Children First, and Fair Warning. And I'm bringing back Sean Dunman. He did such a great job in uh, the first episode with the first two albums of Van Halen. He's back for episode number eight. Hey, Sean, thanks for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun talking to these guys. I can't wait to get into these two albums. This is going to be fun, especially Fair Warning, because that's my favorite. So. Yes. Ready to fire it up. It is. And uh, these albums are definitely different, but uh, we're going to get into uh, the sound of the albums and uh, some little facts and uh, did some more research uh, leading up to this. So uh, we're going to get into uh, women and children in just a moment, but a few housekeeping things. Uh, I was on the internet last night and I found some interesting stuff, Sean. In Pasadena, California. Yes, I did. And uh, (laughs) in Pasadena, California, where the the boys from Van Halen uh, originated. Uh, in the early 70s, 1972, uh, they opened up a Playhouse Village Park in Pasadena, and they have the Van Halen Stage, which opened up just a few weeks ago, September 17th, dedicated to EVH Eddie Van Halen. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, that sounds fantastic. I mean, why not? And that's a good thing for the uh, for the city, too, you know? Absolutely. Uh, people, uh, people learn about that and, you know, um, makes them, you know, want to drop by and see that when they're, when they're in Pasadena. But, um, yeah, you can see a lot of that stuff. Uh, I, I saw that on, uh, one of the Van Halen Facebook pages and, um, uh, after Eddie had passed too, a lot of people were painting murals on, on buildings, uh, I don't know, probably in Pasadena, but I'm sure other places as well, you know, with the red, white, and black, you know, the Frankenstrat, you know, all over the, the side of a building or whatever. So yeah, that's pretty, uh, pretty good, uh, homage to pay to uh to the king you know yeah i thought it was really nice i saw it on twitter and i thought it, the the stage is very nice it's just a nice park in the uh looks like in the middle of pasadena and uh they definitely uh it was a pasadena for van halen i believe it was a nonprofit group that helped get it going so i think that's great and another thing i saw on twitter and uh can't believe i missed this one the red hot chili peppers you know the chili peppers right oh yeah yep oh yeah very good band well, they uh, came out with a song named Eddie, although they don't say uh, Eddie Van Halen in the song, it is um, definitely giving homage to Eddie Van Halen again. And uh, this is a little quote from their Red Hot Chili Peppers Twitter page. Although the song doesn't speak to Eddie by name, it talks about his early days on the Sunset Strip and the rock and roll tapestry that Van Halen painted on our minds. In the end, our song asks that you not remember Eddie for dying, but for living his wildest dream, Anthony Kiedis. He's the lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Again, another great thing. I never knew that uh, the Chili Peppers, Red Hot Chili Peppers, were, you know, uh, influenced in some respect by uh, Van Halen and Eddie Van Halen. Oh, that's what he called. No, I had no idea about that either. That's awesome. I'll have to uh, look into that song. Yeah, the song's named Eddie, and I heard it a couple times yesterday. It is really awesome. The lyrics uh, speak a little bit to Van Halen, and uh, it's a very catchy tune, and it uh, I think they did a really nice job um, you know, paying homage to Eddie Van Halen as well. So I just wanted to get those two items out of the way. And now we're going to talk albums, and the first the album we're going to talk about today is Van Halen's third album, which came out in 1980, March 26th to be exact, Women and Children First. Different album, uh, great huh, Sean? album. 
yeah, definitely different, different sound to it, you know, and, um, uh, women, women and children first. It's kind of cool because one of the songs, uh, sort of co- little acoustic song, could this be magic? Um, they talk about, uh, you know, part of the chorus, they say, you know, better save the women and children first. And, uh, that was an old, um, I forget the guy's name now, darn it. Uh, who came up with this. It was kind of like a, like a decency rule back way back in the, uh, the days of chivalry, if there was such a thing, where you know women and children would be saved first, in case in some sort of disaster, mostly at sea, you know. And I think the uh, in the case of the Titanic, they said that caused more confusion than anything because they'd have half full lifeboats with some women and children on them, and they weren't sure. Okay, there's women and children throughout other parts of the ship. Are we waiting for this lifeboat to be filled by just women and children, or is it supposed to be women and children first? <laughs> like women and children only <laughs> women and children only versus women and children first. So he had some half empty lifeboats going out, I guess. So it caused more confusion than anything, but yeah, I think women uh, and children first sounds better than women and children only. I mean, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. But, uh, yeah, the album, their third album come out in 1980. And boy, that was a, uh, that was a good one. Really some unique sounding songs, yeah, uh, yeah. different, totally different sounding music than Van Halen too. And that's the thing I love about Van Halen was each album was so different, but they were, they were all great albums and uh, yeah, they get some great tunes on that and creatable rock. And of course everybody wants some. What about the beginning of everybody wants some with the drums and then Eddie coming in with the guitar and just some of those noises he makes. I have no idea what in the hell he's doing to that guitar, but it sounded like it needed major repairs when he was through with it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, any song, but yeah, that song, Everybody Wants Some. It's amazing when you listen to the song, it's like, how did he do that? I mean, how did he do that, the, 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 whatever he did with the guitar to make those sounds? <laughs> did it mean? Yeah, it sounded like he was breaking it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, just those sounds, I mean, it gets you pumped up. And uh, some of those uh, guitar riffs are like 20, 30 seconds, but they can get you going. So, uh, Women and Children First, I'm really big on details and numbers and things. So, Women and Children first, nine songs, 34 minutes. And out of the first three albums, this is the only song they did not do a cover on out of the first three albums. That is one thing that I overlooked, believe it or not. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, Women and Children and uh, Fair Warning, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Fair Warning didn't have any covers either. So um, we'll get to Diver Down later on, I hope. But uh, that, that definitely had some. But yeah, Women and Children, no, no covers. Yeah, and uh, the album, uh, Eddie Van Halen said, we finished the music in six days, and the whole album took eight. Eddie told guitar player in an wow. interview, I don't understand how people can take any longer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? They're wow. Hard, they were hardworking. They were hardworking musicians. Oh, yeah. I, I am I am full-fledged in the camp that they were probably some of the hardest-working bands ever in rock and roll. And I will go out and saying that I'm sure bands work hard, but these guys from the, from the start, when they played five gigs a night up through their success at uh, their meteoric rise, they, they were the hardest working band members that I've seen. Yeah, it certainly seems like it. and sounds like it. I mean, just a, an album every year alone. is is crazy, you know, but, uh, yeah, women and children was, um, uh, definitely, definitely one of my favorites too. It, uh, uh, I mean, all the songs. So we mentioned Cradle, Cradle Rock, and everybody wants some. Fools is awesome. Really bluesy sounding guitar at the beginning of that. 
the whole beat and rhythm to that is great. And Romeo Delight, you know, he does that finger tapping again at the beginning of that. And, uh, even the stuff on the back, I, I call it the back because I'm used to, I mean, when I was younger, they were albums, you flip it over. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not like now, it's not like now you just, you know, you know, pick the number and press it with your finger on your phone or your car or the screen in your car, you know. But uh, on the flip side, you know, the instrumental Torah, Torah and loss of control, which I thought was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, there's some good tunes. Yeah, the different music too, like Take Your Whiskey Home. Yeah. Great little acoustic riff at the beginning of that. And, you know, and, uh, simple rhyme. Could this be magic? So they definitely had some different songs, different sounding songs, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the first two albums, uh, first self-titled album, album, Van Halen and Van Halen two, they had a lot of songs that actually went in the top 20 and, uh, they were right. very popular, but this, uh, the, the song that really peaked was, uh, and the cradle will rock at number 55. I'm kind of surprised because I thought America, every, everyone wants some would have definitely, um, you know, had peaked, you know, in that range, but it didn't seem to like it never did. Yeah. You know, I mean, they weren't, both of those tunes weren't as like, maybe like, I don't want to say pop, but kind of like that kind of rock pop kind of dance th- uh, theme to them, you know, but you still hear, in the cradle will rock and everybody wants them on the radio. Those two are definitely still played on the radio. Um, but the, those are the only ones every now and then. I mean, I, you might hear Romeo delight on some obscure station, but, um, uh, just, just those two are the really, the only two single hits off that album. I remember, you know, we were in the uh, new England area in the Boston area in the early eighties and, uh, you know, mid eighties and late eighties. And, uh, Boston and New Hampshire were uh, definitely, we were blessed to have great rock radio stations uh, in those two states. You could hear four different rock stations from wherever you were at, where we were from. Uh, WAF, WBCN, WGIR, and WHEB, you would hear all, Van Halen was played all the time, all those songs uh, back then. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And all the two of those stations are still around, H E B and, and G I R F M uh Rock One O One. They're still around, but uh AAF and B C N are gone, but um hard to believe. Yeah, AAF but, especially. Uh, um Z L X is still around and they 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 play Van Halen, obviously. Um but uh yeah, yeah, we were lucky to to hear it on the radio, but for me, I mean, me being the, the fan I am, like I said, I, as soon as I come out with an album, I go out, and, go out and buy it, and you know, listen to it nonstop, both sides, you know, start to finish, like twenty times in a row. When I first get it, I'd be up for like hours listening. <laughs> yeah, the uh, you know, the reviews for uh, women and children first were um, still they were better than the first couple that we went over in the previous episode. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine in nineteen eighty said is a pretty convincing Romeo delight. Everybody wants some and the mad triple time dash loss of control are works of high volume art. Each features banshee guitars, hellish drumming and lead vocalist David Lee Roth cries of hedonistic ecstasy and ensemble harmonies that sound like birds singing through a sewer pipe. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All violently competing for attention in an explosive sound mix. Unbelievable. What did they see that we didn't see? I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We heard this the, the first two albums, too. So Yeah, but you um, know what? I heard reviews. We're going to get into the later albums and stuff later on, the, you know, 
and they definitely uh, the reviews were much more favorable. Uh, even uh, Diver Down in uh, 1984, not to get too far ahead, but yeah, they still didn't get some respect uh, back in the day when they were coming up. I don't know what the deal was with these folks who were um, doing these media critics or these music critics. Yeah, that's all right. What are you going to do? They're like, you know, sports, you know, talk show hosts where you get mad at when they when they bash your team. So what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, I know, I know. But, yeah, this was a good – it was a good – I thought it was a very good album. Um, you know, like you said, Could This Be Magic? And then Everybody Wants Some was a powerful one. Um, and the Cradable Rock, they weren't like the fast-paced songs that uh, you saw in uh, the first album but they definitely uh, had a punch and a different feel. And Eddie always uh, said that, you know, giving the fans what they want back in back, back then. So um, they were definitely expanding their audience at that time with three albums. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, probably if you had to look back, this is probably the least successful album out of all commercially for the band. What do you think about that? Um, well, you're, you're Dr. Rob, the other research the yes. research department, but, um, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was one of, uh, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, at, at the end of this, when we're all done. We'll have to come out with our official ranks on the, uh, on the six David Lee Roth albums, you know? Yes. Um, I think yeah, we'll, that, do, we'll do that. We'll save that for the end. Cause yeah. it's, it's funny because I could change my mind in like a two minute time span. So, yes, but, um, um, yeah, no, I like uh, when I told you before. Like I used to listen with like with my Walkman, my headphones on, and I'd be playing like the you know Missile Command and Pitfall and Asteroids and all those fun video games on Atari with one joystick and one red button instead of all the controls you have today. I wouldn't even know how to play a video game today. Yeah, but um, just listening to like I loved hearing the music, like the music and the the, the drums, the bass, uh, all incredible and. In, uh, on women and children first. I mean, the guitar speaks for itself, obviously. Absolutely. But, uh, the noise, the noises he makes in that, and uh, the banter, like David Lee Roth. And, you know, have you seen Junior's grades? You know, in uh, <laughs> Cradle Rock, and you know, everybody wants some, and he's talking about the girl and her shoes or whatever. You know, I like the little way the line runs up and back of the stocking. You know, I'm out. Oh no, I like those kind of high heels too. You know, all that stuff. I, I love when they would do that stuff in albums. So they did that a couple times on that album, but. Um, the next album, Fail Warning, is when they really did a lot of that, which I, that's, that's my favorite, uh, uh, David Lee Roth album. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, uh, definitely Steven, uh, Steven Irwine, who was a critic back then, started to get that, said, uh, Woman Children first started to get heavier, both sonically and theoretically. So, um, they definitely nailed it on that, uh, on the, uh, uh, Critic critique of the band back there in 1980. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine had it number 36 all time on the 100, 100 greatest metal albums. Um, wow! I thought it'd be higher. I have to go yeah. back and see that uh, list and see what's up, yeah, what's over yeah. that list. Well, yeah, look that up and let me know how to find it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I like to look at that too. That'd be kind of neat. So Van Halen went out and they did their second. Uh, self-headlining tour back then for uh, women and children first. And that was a very successful tour. It was called the World Invasion Tour. It started March 19th, 1980 and went to November 15th, 1980. They had three legs through North America and Europe. It was 124 shows. Man, that is insane. Oh, I couldn't imagine doing That's that. That's insane. 
Oh man, I, I like. Wow, I mean, how do you have the the energy and all that to do that? But so you're up rock in and, rock and roll. Yeah, you're up in uh, you're up in New England, New Hampshire, and you know we're from the Boston area, and I'm down here in Memphis. So I did went back and look at some of the concerts. They actually played May 30th, 1980, at the Cape Cod Coliseum. I didn't even know that they had a coliseum down there. They no, me it, neither. <laughs> <laughs> they played at the old Boston Garden. July 25th, yep. 1980, 12,000 people went. And then down here at wow. the Mid-South Coliseum, August 1st. And uh, this was from Top Box Office, uh, Volume 92 from Billboard Magazine. 10,154 showed up for this concert here for Van Halen here in Memphis back then. So uh, they were definitely packing it. And they were the, the dollar signs were definitely coming in for them. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And... Uh... I couldn't imagine. Uh, I, I did get to see them on the 1984 tour, which I was grateful for. But uh, I, you know, too young or didn't you know was, didn't really know. Like in 1980, I hadn't really discovered them yet or heard too much about them yet. So, um, like I mentioned earlier, it wasn't until Fair Warning when I heard that album first that I went back and bought the other three. But um, that would have been a blast. To, but I don't think as a, like being that young, like I'd much more appreciate it now if I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> go back into a, go back into a time machine, you know? Uh, yeah. If I had to go back in a time machine, it. that would probably be fun to go back and see like a concert from like 1980, you know, fair warning or even like Van Halen two, um, even their first album. They weren't headlining on their first album, but nonetheless, uh-huh. uh, that would have been pretty awesome, uh, to do that. But they were definitely, um, they were making their mark as they get to that 1984 album. I want to play something real quick. Uh, I was a radio geek back when I was in high school. I used to listen to radio sports, news, talk, sports talk, and I love radio. I worked in radio for 10 years when I graduated from college, but this is when they were on Rockline in 1982, and this is the appeal they had, which I thought was really awesome. They just had that connection with the fans, and here's a little right. uh, Here's a little. Uh, Blurb from Rockline back in 1982. All right. Hey. Yes, indeed, friends. Right. Diamond David Lee Roth. And now you're pal. And together we make up one half of Van Halen. Yes, indeed. Look deep, deep into your radio. You're getting sleepy. Take your clothes off. I was going to say thanks for bringing your own audience. I'm not so sure about that, though. Tonight is... <laughs> Oh, fun, fun. That's a repeat from last week. We did that last week, too. I love that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, awesome. think, I, I think I love that. <laughs> David, you know, take off, take your clothes off. Well, you know, I listened to another one from 1984. They're just, they were just insane on the radio. They, they took over the studio. And it's funny because whenever some of these, one, these shows that they used to do on Rockline, they used to have to go to a secret location because if they went to the actual place where they did the show, I mean, they would just get you know, bombarded with fans outside the radio station. So they had to go to a secret location every now and then. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I would like to be yeah, you the definitely person. have to do. Yeah, go ahead. You definitely have to do a secret location nowadays with social media. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so uh, go ahead. So we're going to go into uh fair warning, which is Sean's favorite album. It's yes, yes, yes. fourth album. And this one, I would have to say, I'm going to let Sean talk, but this was probably, that's close to their first album, but Sean, I'm going to let you go ahead and say what you want to say about this album. Cause this album definitely packs a huge punch in 1981. 
Yeah, the, the um, definitely my, my in my opinion, my personal opinion, my definite favorite. Um, the first time I heard Unchained at Love at high volume, I was just like, wow. I mean, it made you want to run through a brick wall for that song at any volume, but at loud volume, Unchained, that opening guitar riff, it, oh, just what a great sound. Um, I mean, Van Halen fans will know that and appreciate that, but um, just the, the same thing. Like, I, I love to listen to, you know, um, not only the guitar, but like, you know, the bass and the drums and like how everything comes together. I mean, the bass in that album, Michael Anthony on that album is sick. Alex is sick. I mean, Eddie again, you know, I mean, great, great tunes. And I think, I think I, I think I, if I read correctly, I think that was mostly a, uh, an Eddie album. Like he influenced most of that, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. not a hundred percent sure, but like kind of steered that in that direction. I mean, there were no covers on that too, but, uh, I mean, great, great music. And there were, there were a few songs with David Lee Roth would do his little talking, his little speech, you know, uh, his little banter uh, in the middle or near the end of the song after the guitar solos or whatever. Oh, you but, know, uh, you meant, you mean, meant, go ahead. Uh, mean Street, like the way it, the way it fades in instead of, instead of fade, you know, it fades out at the end too, but to bring it in, him doing that finger tapping. I mean, that is just crazy, crazy. And that opening chord he hits off of that is just, I mean, it's, it's beautiful, loud, and just, uh, but uh, definitely my favorite. Unchained, without a doubt, I think is my all-time favorite Van Halen song. But between him and between David Lee Roth and Sammy, so uh, fair warning, definitely. And that was the first album, like I told you, that I heard in any, you know, in its entirety before I went out and bought the other three, but uh, the previous three. But that one for me always sticks out. Yeah, uh, Stephen Ertwine also had, who I just mentioned a few moments ago, found the album fairly positive in the review. He initially stated that it's dark, strange beast, partially because it lacks any song is purely fun as hits from the first three records. And whatever reason, Fair Warning winds up a dark, dirty, nasty piece of work. He went on to say that Dull is not, it is not, and Fair Warning contains some of the fiercest, hardest music that Van Halen ever made. There's little question that Eddie Van Halen, which you just said a few moments ago, won whatever internal skirmishes they had, even with a lack of single dedicated instrument, instrumental showcase. So you nailed it right there. So there must have been some skirmishes there. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll never know for sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, every band has that or goes through that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was some pretty hard, hard, heavy music. And I think the only one you really hear on the radio is Unchained. Like, you don't, you know, occasionally Mean Street, every now and great then. Maybe So This Is Love, every great now and then. But Unchained, you'll you'll hear on the radio still. And, uh, uh, man, I even love Push Comes to Shove, the bass and that, you know. Boom, 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 boom. boom yep. Boom, boom, boom. And the whole, you know, and, and the beginning of that song, him talking, you know, hey. You know, is there anything to do tonight? What's there to do tonight? Anything? Give me another cigarette. You know, just just that stuff. And, you know, Mean Street after the guitar solo, always talking, you know, see a gun is real easy in this part of town. <laughs> Turn you from hunted into hunter. You know, hunt somebody. You know, and that stuff was cool. I, I love that. And, of course, in Unchained, when he's like, you know, woohoo, take a look at this. You'll get some legs. You know, come on, Dave, give me a break. You know, yeah. hey, hey. I mean, that's just fun to me. I, lo- I love that. Yeah. Dirty Movies is another one. You know, that good funky drum beat at the beginning, you know, with Alex, you know, 
and uh, man, he did a great job on that album. The, the drums and yeah. oh, just fantastic. Every song is just is just wow. And I've seen some live uh, videos of them playing. Uh, Hear about it later or Unchained and. You know, he gets up and lights his gong on fire. You know, the gong he had behind him or whatever. I'm like, holy smokes. I'm like, please don't burst into flames. Well, you know, but, you, uh, you, you had mentioned about um, the album. So I li- what I like about the album is that it kind of uh, goes back to their first album. It sounds something like uh, the hard stuff. I like uh, So This Is Love and um, Mean Street, of course. And then one of my all-time favorite Van Halen songs is Hear About It Later. Um, oh, yeah. That's that's one of my favorites because just the background vocals, um, the guitar solo, the and, backing vocals, how'd they go against them? Oh, I don't want to baby. I yeah, don't want Yeah. Yeah. I oh, just yeah. love it. And then the, he has a good, thank guitar you, Michael riff. Anthony. Yeah. It's just, um, he, Michael Anthony had uh, unbelievable. He was unbelievable as a back. Not meaning, player. not meaning to jump ahead to Sammy, but I remember watching them with Sammy, one of the one, one tour and they played jump. And Sammy walked around and high five fans, and Michael Anthony pretty much saying the whole thing. It was just funny, but he did a great job. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Yes. Back to uh, back to fair warning. So yes, uh, hair about lighter. That's four minute thirty five seconds, but that's a really good song. You never hear that one on the radio. Singer swing has some profanity in it, but it's it's got a good beat to it. Um, so I can yep. see where he the uh, critics said it was a little bit darker. The album actually was released April fourteenth, nineteen eighty two, forty years ago. Man, oh man, unbelievable. Was it really? Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. Long time ago. You want to feel really old? Like Back in Black was released 42 years ago. Yes, I know. Alba, yeah, Back in Black. Oh, man. Just women and children first 42 years ago. Yeah, the, Holy uh, crap. We were like 13. <laughs> you know, when you think about, you know, when we're, thir- you know, you're 13, you were 13, I was 15, 16. You look back now, like. <laughs> Some of the music, I mean, I mean, it wasn't like devil worshiping music. It was just like hard rock. It had, you know, a few swears. I mean, it wasn't bad, but you right. know, some of the stuff that's out there today, it's like, wow. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> when you, uh, the, the last episode we had, we had, uh, 13 in the crowd of 13 to 15 and 18 year olds was enthusiastically, you know, uh, Hanging on every word of David Lee Roth, it was like thirteen right. to eighteen. It's just like it's unbelievable. And like today, yeah. you, you would never see a thirteen-year-old at a at a hard heavy metal concert. I mean, maybe you no. would. I don't know. No, you'd still see you'd see like fifty-five-year-olds like us still, <laughs> uh, you know, still going to this stuff. So a lot of fun. So uh, um, you, you had uh, you said last episode you went to the, um, the the two concerts at Fenway Park with uh, Def Leppard. Was it uh, Joan Jett, Motley Crue, Motley Crue, yep, and, and what, Poison? Yeah. How did how did those bands sound? I meant to ask you about that more in depth last time. How did those bands sound? Joan Jett sounded great, awesome. Both she opened the show and she sounded really good. I mean, her voice sounded great. Brett Michaels sounded good with Poison. Um, they were fun. They only played like seven songs, I think, though they didn't play a lot. Wow. Um, uh, CC Deville did a little Eddie Van Halen tribute. He played like Pot of Eruption. Uh, both nights, and they put like up on the video screen. They put the red, black, red, black, and white striped guitar, like the symbol, and all over the video mm. screen. So that was kind of cool. And, and Brett Michaels, he he can get the crowd going. Oh, wicked enthusiastic! They they loved him. So, but uh, Def Leppard and Motley Crue both played full sets, like probably sixteen or seventeen songs each. Wow, um, big sets. So the first night, Motley Crue closed. 
headlined, and then the second night, Saturday night, Def Leppard headlined. But uh, Molly Crew was probably the loudest, but man, really hard to decipher Vince Neil. Um, uh, I thought he sounded better Saturday than he did on Friday, but uh, uh, I thought Def Leppard probably sounded the best as far as like the, the quality. Just you, you were able to hear everything better, you know, um, and you know, uh, discern. Uh, you know, you can you can understand what he was saying and what he was singing. And uh, yeah, Motley Crue was. Uh, I mean, watching Tommy Lee is unbelievable. That guy is phenomenal, and the fact that Mick Mars is still up there ripping on the guitar. I think he's what seventy, seventy-two years old or something like that. Wow. And he was, yeah, he was up there. They didn't show him too much on the video screen. And at first, I didn't think he was there. I thought it was someone else, like, covering for him, and that's why maybe they weren't showing him. But they showed him a couple times. And, uh, yeah, he, that guy can really, really rip it up. He has, uh, he has like, a back issue or a spine issue or something. So he's, uh, his mobility is limited. But and but Molly Crew had tons of girls, like, dancing the whole <laughs> the whole time all over the stage. So that, that kept your, uh, you know, your attention quite a bit. So, yeah. But, uh, well, I didn't mean to ask you about that, but I, I was I meant to ask you that the last episode. Um, I saw Motley Crue in 1997 when I was living in Florida, and he was Tommy Lee. He was on a he was on a drum thing, and he was going like around on this ball upside down drumming, and he was strapped. And I was like, yeah. "What the heck?" I was like, "What is this?" I was like, "Yeah, I, I was getting him. dizzy yeah. just watching it." Yeah, I know. I'd probably throw up if I was doing it. But, um, yeah, he did that at the uh, the Worcester Centrum. Yeah, he came out, the same thing, came out over the crowd and rotated. He was strapped down. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, I'm glad Alex didn't do that, like, while while lighting is going on fire, because that could have been messy. Yeah, well, you know, you, know, you had mentioned um, what's with the mem- uh, band member from uh, Poison doing a tribute to Eddie Van Halen. It's amazing how, how Van Halen had that appeal to a lot of those rock groups. A lot of rock oh, groups yeah. in the '80s tried to imitate, I guess, the guitar work and never even got close. Um, mm. But it just shows that the effect that Van Halen had the whole group uh, on right. bands today. And um, you know, real funny uh, story when I was working in the uh, food business, I was working at a religious show, and um, you know, they do sound checks before the concert. And I won't mention the name of the religious show. So, you know, it's in the afternoon. They do sound checks and stuff, and they'll play music and songs. And uh, this was a really religious show, and they played Unchained to uh, <laughs> to see how the sound was. So I was like, this is pretty wild. This is wild. Religious show playing Unchained. It was like, wow, pretty neat. I like you, it. <laughs> you want, you want, you, yeah, that is cool. You want to know how old I feel? Is when I'm in Market Basket going grocery shopping. And over the radio, over the music you hear, like, you know, Dance the Night Away and, uh, you know, any other Van Halen song you can think of. And uh, I heard uh, Jailbreak by ACDC while I was, like, you know, going up and down the condiment dial trying to find mayonnaise or something. And I'm like, they're playing Jailbreak by ACDC at Market Basket. Boy, do I feel old. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's wild how you hear those songs. Like, when we were, like... In the '80s, we were hearing the songs from the '60s. Those were considered oldies, and now the songs we right. listen, we listened to back then now are now considered yep. oldies as well. So, fair warning. So how, Go ahead. How long was that? How long was fair warning? Because you've given the time on all the albums. You, know, so I'm you curious asked me, and I let's see here. You asked me that, and I'm going to try to find that. But uh, let's see here. Fair warning, and I. Fair warning was. If I had to give a ballpark figure, looking at it real quick, 
it was probably about uh, 35 minutes. Well, that would be the longest one then, maybe. Uh, no, actually, it was less. It was uh, a ballpark, about 28 minutes, 29 minutes. Oh, wow. I'm just doing a rough yeah, guess a there. Couple, there's a couple uh, couple short ones. Was it Sunday afternoon in the park, that one with the synthesizers and everything? It's kind of an instrumental. And then uh, one foot out the door was really, uh, really short as well. So those two songs together probably don't even make a four-minute, four-and-a-half-minute song, so. I'm just guessing. I, actually, it's 31 minutes, four seconds. So I was kind of in the ballpark, but I did find it uh, uh, after all my research. Um, I did find it. and uh, the, But uh, they had a tour um, where they didn't do as many concerts. They had 81 concerts, started May 12, 1981 to October 25th, 1981. Um, they right. played July 24, 25 in Boston. They played in front of 24,200 people. This is from Talk top box office billboard volume 93 gross 249,946 September 1st they played here in Memphis 10,369 they grossed 98,679 they ended the tour <laughs> they ended the tour on October 24th and 25th at the Tangerine Bowl as they opened for the Rolling Stones I would have loved to have been there and been in those back rooms before the concert wow that would have been neat huh yeah! Wow, Van Van Halen with the Stones. Wow, that would have been really cool. That was like, that's like incredible. You know, that's like insane. See, I, I guess wonder, I wonder, I wonder what kind of conversations Keith Richards and Eddie would have had. <laughs> you know, who know? You mean I like to know if like they ever like you know cross paths or hung out. I mean, uh, that that'd be fascinating to find out. Yeah, it would be. That that would be uh, that would be interesting. So. That would uh, that would have been fun to have been a fly on a fly on the wall in that uh, in that room. So uh, here is I had to I have a uh, outrageous show article from when they were uh, at Women and Children first. I want to uh, just go over this outrageous show is the name of the he- is the headline. They were in Cedar Rapids, and this is a very apt description for the California group. Outrageous. Led by acrobat David Lee Roth, the group did manage to repeatedly stun the audience with unexpected actions. When Van Halen screwed up on a drum solo, like I did a few moments ago with Diver Down, Roth exclaimed, let's hear it for Alex Van Halen's drinking problem. The crowd let out a roar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And then here we go. Here's a good one. Later on, Roth gave a especially negatory music critic a hard time. <laughs> First, he carefully described the man with an Elvis Costello haircut <laughs> and told where he was standing. Animosity began to spread in the crowd. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. You couldn't do that today. But he'd get sued for that. <laughs> Uh, I'm not even going to say what he did because it's in the article. Next, he announced to the critic, if you haven't already been totally alienated by this so far, let me tell you your girlfriend has been backstage the past two hours. <laughs> You're kidding. That's awesome. Uh, then he turned around, dropped his tight red pants, and mooned the critic to the delight of the raucous audience. I'm going to leave it there. Awesome. This was in a newspaper article in 1980. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Wow. Oh man, that is insane. 
this has been fun talking these two albums. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Am I going to get to do the Dive It Down in 1984? Oh, absolutely. Am I coming back? Yeah, and then I think we're going to have another guest with us as well um, that'll join us. uh, Work out the details there. And then we're going to talk 1984. 1984 is going to be in uh, Diver Down will be another episode. And then we're going to get into the Sammy years and then maybe just have one final episode to talk about the group is, you know. Sure. And, uh, yeah, but, we uh, need to, dis- we need to discuss my pay too. Should I do discuss that off, uh, off podcast? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm still working out with the attorneys. Um, All so right, you know, we excellent. get that situated. See, the problem is I get so excited when I talk Van Halen, you know, so I have to do some editing here. So, uh, Right, right. We'll see what happens with that, but yeah, it was been a lot of yeah. fun talking women. And a children. one with a, a one with six zeros would be nice, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna so. see. I'm gonna see what I can do. I'm gonna see All what right, I thank can you. do. I appreciate that. I but, appreciate uh, that, Sean. Uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for your time talking uh, women and children first and fair warning. Um, we're gonna talk uh, the next episode. Will, You'll hear more it. about that. Uh, it'll be Diver Down in 1984, and uh, just real quick, yeah. 1984. That 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 album, just like, just to preview it. And uh, Van Halen fans, like you and I, are Van Halen fans, so we're just talking to Van Halen fans. We're not experts, but that thing just exploded and put them on the super stratosphere. That album, right? Was and just it stinks, off. and then David Lee, David Lee left after that. Damn, you know. Which, yeah, that was a shame, but. Uh, We'll get into that stuff too, but yeah, thanks for having me. I loved it. And, uh, for all the Van Halen fans out there, put fair warning in your, on your, on your phone, your car, whatever, and listen to the whole album and listen to it loud and just listen to the music. Yeah. Like really listen to the music. I mean, the lyrics are fun. The songs are great, but just the music is just insane. If you, uh, if you're a mild Van Halen fan or if you're a big Van Halen fan or you've never heard of Van Halen off a fair warning, Play, hear about it later. I promise you, you will love that song when you hear it. I promise, promise, promise. That's one, That's my number two all-time va- favorite Van Halen song out of all the songs they've ever done. That is such an awesome song. So we're going to give our top five the next episode for the David Lee Roth era of Van Halen. And, Sean, I want to thank you again. And we will be back at another time and date for episode of Diver Down and 1984. Thanks again, Sean. I can't wait, but I'll wait. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I know. Uh-huh. We, right. we have Sounds full-time good. jobs. I wish we could do this full-time, but... Uh, I know. I know. Isn't that unbelievable? We got to go to work, right? Yeah. You got it. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks.